0: We are going to talk about how to reduce turnover. We have an amazing guest, Dan. I asked him to turn off his camera. I gotta give the audience, the innovators, a little context. And I've been told, Adam, shorten it. I'm gonna try to speak faster, but it's important. It's been, it's moving so fast. Uh, So again, the podcast began about seven or eight months ago. We made a discovery three, four months ago of an emerging market, right? And since then we are sprinting to define the emerging market. In the broadest context, It's a bridge between customer experience and employee experience, right? It's a bridge, two-way bridge. Customer experience will inform the employee experience, bring the marketing brilliance that's relevant to improve the employee experience. And in return, the employee experience will improve the customer experience. Now, in some industries, it'll have a bigger impact. In some industries, smaller. But in all cases, employee experience is related to customer experience. Now, we've had folks from the customer experience side. CMOs join the conversations and we have many more coming up and they're either saying, look, we may even take on some aspects of the employee experience and help, or we will become the enablers, right? The strategic partners, because in, uh, in either case, right, you need to have the marketing mindset. That is a given, right? That's a given. We need to move from initiatives to experiences and then reorient these experiences around the individuals, the employees, the associates, ultimately the humans, the way we do in the world of customers. Internally, we've had CHROs, Chief People Officers. We have folks from talent, leadership development, from people analytics, change management. Brilliant, brilliant looking at at the customer experience saying, "What, what can we learn from there? But there's another audience that, innovators, I should say, audience of the innovators that I think we need to really unpack. Today, we have Dan, our second CIO, right? And I've been wondering, because I've spoken to a number of CIOs, and some get it, and other CIOs kind of look at me like, "Eh, I'm not sure. So what was unique about Dan? Why did sparks fly? And I'm going to project my screen very briefly, because I want to show you um, Dan's background and what really stood out for me. He's had an incredible career, but there's a specific experience that blew blew me away. He's been involved with Walgreens with customer data platforms. When we talk about customer data platform, collecting data that improves experiences, I think that's one of the critical aspects of the employee experience we need to learn from. And Banfield is the organization Dan is part of. Over 3,600 veterinarians, 1,000 locations. Dan, I'll ask you to power on your video now. Coming to a tail end of my kind of long context, it took a little longer than I expected. I'm just so a little tired, but also caffeinated, but also just extremely (laughs) excited, Dan. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Adam, and glad to be here.
0: Yeah, appreciate it, Dan. And and I know your schedule is, is, you're traveling, you've got so much going on in your world. I appreciate the time. So where I'd like to begin, Dan, is to give a little context of your world today. There's been so much that's happened, right, in the industry. Pats being adopted, um, challenges with retention, with some of these challenges in in your industry. So let's start then with the context first, and then we're going to begin to layer in how do you approach data and consumerization employee experience.
1: For sure. Yeah, I'm sure we are still familiar with what happened three years ago when everyone went into lockdown um, and the good that one of the good that came out of it was that human being needed company. And in the US alone, um, there were 23 million households that adapted pets, cats, Mm -hmm. dogs. Yes. And that was in 2021 when that study was made. So basically, that's one in every five households in the U.S. adapted. And what did it do? It then created a massive surge in demand for veterinary care, right? Good for us from a business perspective. Now, the problem with that, of course, is we needed more veterinarians. And the U.S. alone, having a very stringent accreditation process, is unable to produce the graduates annually that the entire U.S. veterinary industry needs to meet the demand. And because of that, there is a Hunger Games out there for finding veterinarians. In fact, what I've heard um, is that every new graduate gets 18 to 20 offers. Yes. So it's good to be a veterinarian right now. The pay is obviously increasing because of competition. It's challenging to be in the veterinary industry business because of um, the challenge in hiring and retention. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, it's a good challenge. We don't have a demand problem. We have a supply problem, just like any other businesses today.
0: And, and how timely is it to talk about the employee experience? Because, of course, pay yeah. is only one of the considerations, but there are other considerations. Um, Dan, For sure. before we dive, dive deeper into that, the way you talk about your world, I, I think it's pretty unique, how you think about your stakeholders. So if you wouldn't mind giving us the context, and then we'll kind of start diving deeper and deeper.
1: For sure. We definitely, I think I can boil it down to three stakeholders. The pets that we love and we care for is number one. The pet parents who love them and our associates. They are at least my um, stakeholders in this business. And as you can see, we have um, over 2 million customers um, and we have 1,100 hospitals, thousands of associates, um, 21,000. Um, associates to be exact, both corporate and um, and hospital associates. And we care for over 9 million pets last year. So that's the magnitude of our business and our stakeholders.
0: It's a vast, vast ecosystem to consider. And, and I want to make sure we're keeping it grounded to business goals, right? Our discussion. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I remember in our conversation, you know, you mentioned, hey, you know people are key care for pets and the people who love them. I think you mentioned just a few minutes ago. How does that for you translate into the business goals for their organization?
1: Yeah, it's our business goals is very simple, and that is we are unique in a sense that we provide, uh, for the most part, preventive care. We want to deliver preventive care to your pets so that they don't get sick as often. So that includes dental, comprehensive exams, vaccinations, flea and take, um, all the things that we need to care for our pets so they stay healthy and live long, right? Pet obesity, for example, we advise uh, on how to keep your pets healthy and fit. So that's our business objective. There are other Mars veterinary health banners with a different um, care model like emergency or specialty, but Panfield is a preventive care company. And the more we can see your pets on an annual basis, um, the healthier your pet will be. So we have a program called Optimum Wellness Plan, which is a subscription program you you pay an annual fee, you can pay every month, and then that comes with variety of preventive care. And it obviously varies between cats and dogs. It varies on um, what age your pet is. We have a puppy care. We have an adult care and anything in between. And we are a big believer that if you subscribe to this Optimum Wellness Plan, or we call it OWP in short, um, that we could provide the care that your pet needs so that they can live longer and healthier and you save costs on emergency and sick pets, obviously. So that's um, that's our business model. And obviously we need our associates, we need our vets, we need our vet techs to be powered up to practice at the top of their license and in totality. And I'll end here. Our company purpose is creating a better world for pets. So how do we power up our people to create a better world for pets?
0: And I can see that clearly translating into preventive care. That is a better world for pets, right? And it unifies all the stakeholders that are involved. Um, and that leads us into what, what I think is kind of first kind of really deeper topic on data, because when we think about your mission that you're on, when we think about the, the, the numbers that are involved in your world and the impact you can create, the data, mm-hmm. how do you think as a technology leader, Dan, how do you think about data, especially in the context of learning from the world of customers, I think We're moving, as I mentioned in the beginning, we're moving into an emerging market to bring customer experience like mindset toward internal. Then how do you think about the the data around the employee experience?
1: Yeah, we definitely leverage data both from an employee experience and also from uh, learning from our wealth of data to further pet care, the quality of pet care. And I'll hit both of them with a couple of examples. The first one around employee experience, Um, as you might notice, retention is a big factor in our world today, especially that there is a shortage of vets out there. So we use big data to understand the patterns and signals why vets are leaving. Could be burnout, it could be a new practice opened up some somewhere across the street, or um, life changes. So we look at the patterns in order to predict and understand the patterns on why vets are leaving um, and our PNO, people and organization, which is normally called HR outside other in other industries, leverage that intelligence to inform them on how can they improve retention. And we track that as part of our OGSM. So data-powered decision is, is probably a good way to, um, to coin it. And then on the vet care, on pet care, um, we actually publish regularly in um, collaboration with NABC um, emerging topics on veterinary industry and actually the last one we published recently is the impact of big data in veterinary medicine and it's fascinating things like identifying risk factors for anesthesia related mortality and that led to the development of medical quality standards to make anesthetic procedures safer for pets and we don't keep this on our own we share it with the world because, yes, we care about our business, but more importantly, we care about the quality of care that the entire industry is delivering to the pets. And you can see that in our website, Banfield Exchange, perhaps we can actually plug that when we, we, when we publish this podcast so that people mm-hmm. can clearly see what we're doing when it comes to big data-powered um, pet care um, pet care.
0: Love that we absolutely should. Um, Let me let me just double click. So when you think about the employee experience, big data that's involved in that, Mm -hmm. and then you think about the lens of turnover, right? And then you also bring together the data around all the stakeholders in your case would be you know the pets and and, and the parents so is this is this in a single source of truth or is there one single source of truth for the employee experience then because i'm just curious lots of questions are coming from the innovators in this emerging market Mm -hmm. how do they approach even the data repository how do you unify the data should there be a single source of truth
1: there will be many sources but then to create a meaningful insight, you're going to have to bring all those data together in one repository. Um, in many ways, we use cloud. Uh, we use Microsoft Azure. And we use some of their tools to, to power up the data and, and analyze. Uh, but we have several tools. We also have uh, on-premise data appliances that we use to host our data. Um, As uh, you might know, we have been in this business for 20 some odd years, and we have significant amount of data that we use, obviously, responsibly to um, basically improve our quality of care, our employee experience, our customer experiences, um, know our customers better, Um, the trending of our customers. Why are they leaving us? Why are they joining us? the age between uh, the age of our customers, the age of our pets So all that stuff is housed in our powerful data platform and we use emerging technologies like cloud to to power up the insights and analytics.
0: love it and, and I'm gonna triple click it at any point then you can bring us back up because there's so many things I want to ask you. Um, before I do, I'm going to read a quote I've been playing a little game. I look at quotes from the world of marketing and understanding customers and seeing if Mm -hmm. I can apply it to the world of understanding employees. This one is from Steve jobs. I bet at that time it was revolutionary. Get closer than ever to your customer. So close. In fact, that you tell them what they need well before they realize it themselves. I'm sure at that time was like, what? Right now we just replace one word, get closer than ever to your employees. So close. In Mm -hmm. fact, That you tell them what they need before they realize it themselves so in that context would it be fair to say whether you already have it or the goal is and subject to using it responsibly governance where this isn't a big brother or collection of information for it's looking to improve the experience of the employee is that lens to collect whether it's payroll attendance performance collaboration are you looking to bring all of the data so that, that you can improve on your mission?
1: I would say responsively, for sure. Um, obviously, we always look at our, our compensation and benefits and compare it to others so that we can be competitive. We, um, we look at all different types of information in, in an effort to become an employer of choice. So as mm-hmm. I've said in the beginning, if a new vet has eighteen to twenty offers to choose from, how can Banfield be at the top, right? Exactly. Whether it is compensation, which to your point is not only go, it's not the only thing that they want. Quality of life, um, quality of care, because veterinarians really, really care for the pets, right? So if they if they see that you're not concerning yourself with quality of care, they will not join you. The other thing is technology-enabled practice. How can we create technology capabilities that will help them practice at the top of their license, right? That's our challenge. And I may have mentioned this to you coming from a a retail and global health and well-being company of Walgreens Boots Alliance and obviously seeing other industries I am not ashamed to accept that our industry is probably 10 years behind that of a human health, that of retail, that of hospitality, that of travel. Um, and the good thing about that is those industries who are 10 years ahead of us have already cracked the code. So how can we Shamelessly borrow or steal the experiences that they have already created for their, for their consumer, for their employees, and, and adapt it to our, to our business. And we're doing that responsibly because when we are catching up, the best way to catch up is to look at what others have done and leap there and then start to get ahead of them.
0: Brilliant. And you did say learning from the customer experiences, right? I, I think when we when we consider the employee experience world versus the customer experience, probably 15 years, 20, I don't know how many years or how to be exact, but I think by looking at what's been done, you, as you said, you can catch up much faster because you're not creating, you're, you're replicating what has worked really, really well. And that then leads me to, When you and I spoke, I said to you, I just heard from David at Spirit Airlines and Beverly at PayPal the words consumerization, the employee experience. The first time I hear this word, and I just did a short on this, it's like, oh, consumerization kind of rubs me. But then I looked at the definition, reorientation of how we're thinking about the employee experience. Not about us as the organization, but Steve Jobs' quote, repurposed. It's about them as the individual. What was your first reaction when I said, consumerization of the employee experience as the kind of thinking about the, the emerging market
1: i think it's spot on right we need to treat our associates as if they are our customers we we love them equally they are equally important to us i'm not gonna name a company but i've heard this one company who heavily invested on consumer experience they did amazing digital experience like you can order ahead and pick it up but then they neglected to consider their employees so it created an imbalance the demand surged but they couldn't bring up the employee experience so the employee were employees were not happy and guess what it came back down because when your employees are not happy guess what your customers are not going to be happy because your consum- your associates are not providing the customer experience. So you have to look at them equally and you can never lean on one heavier than the other. So in Banfield, we're looking at both consumer or customer experience or client experience, the way we call it, and associate experience at the same time. And in many ways, how do we actually blend them together if, if, if it makes sense? it's all it's a connected experience if you think about it so the user journey bleeds into the associate journey to the pet journey and it becomes a re- a really healthy circle of exp- of journey and that's what we're looking at
0: led with that mindset you, you won't be behind from a technology or other perspectives for much longer you're going to be leading charge in, in, not just in your industry but uh, i mean that was so p- perfectly stated then um so he- here's what i'd like to go next when we say yep. consumerization of the employee experience employee experience is a huge landscape just like a customer experience it's we got moments that matter right you, whether it's on board recruiting where it begins there is the performance there is the you know well-being aspects uh, countless there's learning and development aspects how are you approaching it, maybe a few examples where you're like, hey, Adam, this is the employee experience that we're double-clicking on, and how are you thinking about consumerizing those experiences?
1: For sure. Um, We pride ourselves with being practical. Like, I constantly remind our teams, both the business and IT, that we should not chase shiny objects just because... They're shiny. We need to be practical. So one of the things we're investigating and we're piloting is creating micro-apps for our associates. And these micro-apps would, share, would, would um, serve very specific purpose that would reduce the, the friction of delivering care. And if you reduce the friction for delivering care, guess what? Our associates are happier. They're more productive. They're more engaged and they're excited. Um, And a good example of what we have done. And I'll give you one example that we've done and several things that we are testing, Um, check deposit. You're very familiar with that. Mm -hmm. You have a check, you take a picture. It's saved in the cloud, linked to your account. We have many, many, many forms of paper because this is an industry that was very heavy paper-based. Our customers, our pet parents would bring paper. So we have created a micro-app that would take a picture of those documents and then it gets saved safely in the cloud attached to the patient record. Before they would actually type them in, they type in the relevant information and it takes significant amount of time. So that's an example of micro-app and we're investigating other micro-apps, whether it's checking in pets, checking out pets, talking to the, talking to the clients and updating the notes so that our associates are untethered from a machine and it's like Apple experience, right? When you go to an Apple store. You never have to go to a fixed location because the, the associates are unpatterned, and that and that translates to an amazing customer experience. Um, the other things that we are kind of piloting, again from a productivity perspective, is how do we allow our our doctors to enter patient notes, and right now it's all being typed. How can we use um, voice technology, voice notes, so that they can just dictate and then it gets uh, appended into the notes and that would save them time and hopefully allow them to go home on time to their family and friends. So we are piloting several of this um, rooted on practicality, leveraging existing or emerging technology. And it's really to push the envelope in making our associates or allowing them to practice at the top of their licenses.
0: And, and I, I know you've mentioned it a few times. I hear, you know, top of their licenses as in, you know, unlocking their potential, right? Unlocking their potential. And um, what's really cool, you just brought up almost like this is operation. So it's like an employee experience from an operational side that would improve their performance. It's not performance management, but I, I get it's interesting. It'd be interesting, you know, h- h- how we tag it as we continue these journeys. And uh, I, I love the continued examples from the customer world because ultimately, yep. and uh, Jennifer Davy, one of our guests said it well, we don't want to go work at a DMV. Nothing wrong with DMVs. Nothing wrong. But you get a, you're a number, right? You treat it like you feel like a number. And then you go outside, you open up your device, and all of a sudden, everything is easy and, and smooth. So then that, that was perfect. Let's keep going. What other examples? You and I chatted a bit about wellness and belonging and before you do i also want to highlight for the audience you said micro apps right because we from a customer standpoint are used to everything being bite-sized easy frictionless Mm -hmm. now then you and i you know i've mentioned nudges as my favorite word because i've been in the nudge business now for many years we have a technology We think the way to consumers, the employee experience ultimately is to translate it to little nudges that help individuals kind of move in the right direction. So if you don't mind, other examples would be awesome.
1: For sure. Um, we still rely heavily on phones. We call, we get calls, we rely on the phones to schedule. Would it be so awesome if all of that can be self serviced like appointment reminders or allow our clients to actually schedule using the mobile device you know, on their mobile devices and reschedule and cancel instead of having to call. Because when you have to call, somebody has to pick up. We are not going to disable the phones because there are many, many clients who still want to talk to a human being. But we have... Um, we have options for them now, right? We're gonna have options for them so that it can be self-service, and then we could reduce the labor of our associates having to call, remind our, our clients of appointments, etc. So that's another example. Um, we're looking at mimicking the experience when you're flying, right? Because right now, when you, um, when you have an appointment, you go to the hospital. You bring your pet. You check in. You're behind several other clients, and the dogs are getting rowdy because they're getting excited. Uh, but in 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 the airline world, you rarely line up to check in anymore. Do you re- do you agree? You do mm-hmm. it at home. You check in. You have a boarding pass, and mm-hmm. we we are building that experience to. Um, and that by by the way is an amazing client experience, but also a really good experience for associates, because now they don't have to ask the same questions that our clients have already answered at home. And they could use that time to talk about their pet's wellness, or perhaps how our wellness plan is the best product out there to make sure that their pets are healthy.
0: Totally totally you continue to bring in the experiences that we we have in the world as customers into mm-hmm. this one after the next uh, so then if, if you don't mind we're now going to kind of abandon the current state and really just dream I'm curious about your point of view okay mm. do you think that as we continue to consumerize the employee the associate I should use the word associate experience I think that's that's you don't say employees you say associates as we continue, associate you associate. And we think about the world of, as consumers. Consumers, are, we're impacted by the work that's done by technology, but also marketing mindsets to meeting us where we are, right? So when we think about associate experience, and would you agree, one, that a marketing mindset could really help influence, improve the associate experience? And if yes, do you see a day when you know, recruiting and onboarding and vacation days or all of these aspects have now been enhanced by a marketing mindset that is leveraging on top of the data that helps them have deep insights and empathy for those associates.
1: Um, If you could tell me that question one more time, perhaps another way so I can really understand what we're trying to get here, yeah.
0: Yeah, my coffee is really kicking in. And in my head, I've got so many topics that are now now converging. So the thought that I have is this. market. So when we compare customer experience and employee experience, associate experience, yeah. one of the critical aspects, organizations or functions they have is marketing in order yeah. to improve the customer experience. Should marketing yes. also be involved? Or marketing uh, needs to be okay. involved?
1: We are actually already there. Uh, when Ooh. it comes to yeah hiring, um, and retention, so from an hiring perspective, we've actually partnered our PNO people and organization and our marketing department to create a um, employee value proposition. Why should you join Banfield? And and there and then they obviously produce marketing materials to propagate the message. Um, same with uh, when you are already working with us, we partner with marketing very closely um, to basically let you know why you should stay. What? Why is it good from a career perspective? Why is it good from a healthy body, healthy mind, and healthy finances perspective? So the partnership is already there. Um, And again, it's not just the two, but the data I mentioned before, we use the data to try to understand what they need, right? What our associates are looking for, why would they consider leaving? So it's a, it's an amalgamation of partnership, but to your point, marketing is already well embedded in our, in, in our associate experience. And then I'll end here when we're recruiting. It, it's actually, and they, and then the, the associate or prospective associate signed the offer letter. They, you need to continuously engage with them while they are warming up to join. And it could take several weeks to a couple of months. And so we have a platform that connects our, our recruiters and our prospective associate or joiners on a sticky basis. So that they can continue to have that relationship because I I don't have the numbers handy, but there are many, many uh, potential joiners who have already signed the offer letter who end up not joining. Because the associate experience starts by the time they sign that offer letter and before they actually physically join. So we have a platform for that.
0: It's actually really fun to to compare that to uh, selling an item, to having someone click purchase, and then they they abandon the shopping abandoned cart, yes, right. They get to a certain step, and now you initiate this campaign or that campaign, but based on who they are or where location they're in. So you're saying that that is being run on a platform in partnership between the people organization. What was the not HR? You said people and.
1: People and organization,
0: PNO. PO, perfect. And they're partnering with marketing, and then they're creating these campaigns, picking the technologies. This is unbelievable. Like, I think this is where yeah. it, naturally, this is where a brand unification would go. So, do you do you think mm-hmm. that? So, so my question would be, like, does it is it a partnership? Does is does the world of uh, internal audiences, the employee experience, do does it create its own kind of marketing team? Would it be a resource. Would it collaborate on projects as this continues? Collaborate, on, collaborate.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Well, so our chief marketing officer and our call it chief people officer work very closely together and their teams to power these experiences up. Well, and if, to if, your point, you hit on one word: branding. We are very big in. Um, promoting our brand, Banfield. Um, we have uh, keywords like be here. Right? So be here to become what you want to be in your career. So, um, and all of that is partnership. We are we are also massive in social media. So if you're on Instagram, um, we, we use Banfield Life. We use be here. We, we use uh, many different hashtags um, to promote our brand, and we use social media very powerfully to deliver those. And that's another example of a, a good partnership with our marketing organization.
0: It logically makes sense. Like if you would like to have a, you know, one brand, one feel on both sides, you don't do that by having two separate organizations, right? Completely independently. This one, we've got the employee experience. We've got the customer experience. And on that side, we have a budget that's a trillion dollars. I'm kidding, but big, big budgets. And And on this side, an employee experience, well, just, just, just do it, right? Just, just, just get it done. No. No, th- this goes beyond. So if, if the CMO of Banfield is listening, I'd love to have you on the podcast. What Dan just said blew my mind. That, that's literally where, where all the organizations, in my view, in this emerging market, all of them need to go. Yeah. Um, yep. And the fact that the CIO is bringing this forward, right? That's why you're a unicorn, Dan. It's the combination of your experiences. It's the combination of the organizational belief. And, it, you know, it really is acting to its values, to its mission throughout all, all aspects. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I need to power down. I, 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 I would
1: um, I would give the credit to our president, Mani Ayer, um, who um, came into the role last year, and he has really cemented uh, the culture of collaboration. No one will be successful without partnering with others, especially in our SLT. It's always a very close-knit partnership between our teams. Um, I can't deliver anything without um, partnering with our uh, chief operating officer, with our chief medical officer. So it's a very close partnership. And the other thing that, money has cemented into our brain is the concept of hospital centricity because we're all part of corporate we work for the hospitals in fact Mm. i publicly declare that i don't work for money i work for the hospital associates my team works for the hospital associates so the concept of hospital centricity is cemented in our brain because the less rub or friction our hospital associates have because of how we enable them whether it's perfect process or good process or good technology the more time they have to talk to our clients and care for the pets that we love so it's a very basic concept
0: but powerful like it's hard to the simplest things are the hardest to do right and it's change at the executive level of an organization of your size so i you know, we're, we're dreaming as this emerging market progresses of having an association and potentially even doing a docu-series docu where we go feature organizations that are leading the way. I mean, what you're describing right now is truly, truly remarkable, right? What you've been able to accomplish. Um, and I don't think it's just my coffee talking today, although had, <laughs> I've, I've I found I need ton. my coffee now. Uh, definitely. So, so, Dan, you know, I could do this with you for for the next probably three hours, four hours, maybe maybe a couple <laughs> days. But I do need to be mindful of time. And um, so, you know, the folks that are listening are innovators, right? They're innovators yep. to bridge CX and EX in order to reorient. And maybe they are somewhere where, where you are. Maybe they're further behind, and they're the kind of internal champions. They're they're screaming, saying we should. They're sending my episodes or shorts to others saying, hey, hey, we're, you know, we need to be doing this. Dan, what advice would you give them? And I know you, it sounds like Manny came in, you said a year ago and, and or a couple of years ago. Wh- wh- yeah, he was, was the CEO this... and became the president. Yeah, last year. Amazing. Amazing. So what, 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 what have you seen beyond what you've already shared that could be helpful and could be good advice for our innovators to follow?
1: Do not, and I think I've said this before, do not just chase shiny objects, Mr. and Miss Innovators, you have to ground it on the purpose of your business or the business that you're trying to power up. And in our case, it's creating a better world for pets and the people who care for them, Um, and it's really about creating a better world for our associates. So that they can create a better world for pets. And once you have that purpose, then you line up all of your innovations or inventions or incremental experience improvements so that you're always connected to the purpose. You're not deviating from it because the last thing you want to do is spend a lot of time, money and resources and energy on something that is not going to help your purpose and your company's goals. So that's, I guess, my only advice.
0: That's a, that's a good one. I, I'd say that's a drop the mic kind of advice. So <laughs> Dan, I, I super appreciate your time, the energy, the sharing your brilliance and what's happening within your organization, just on behalf of all of us you know, who are part of this movement. Thank you.
1: Pleasure to be here, Adam. And I hope um, we were able to share some things to our listeners out there, and I can't wait to talk to you again.
0: Wonderful. Over and out then.